0: it did not escape my notice, nor did it escape Glow's notice, that we started with a millennial, we hit a middle, and now we have a mature. So we're kind of bookend together here this morning. I wanted to just uh, start out with a scripture that has been a scripture that has ministered to me. I learned it when I was a young girl. And I thought this morning that it probably is one of the scriptures that has been my mainstay. John 1.1 1, 1 said, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was nothing made that was made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shone in darkness, but the darkness comprehended it not. He came unto his own, but his own received him not. But, and this is where I came in, but as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons and the daughters of God. That is the start of my testimony. I wanted to share with you this morning about Christ, my healer. Isaiah 53 says, he was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquity. The stripes were laid on him for the healing of my sickness. I had uh, a wonderful time growing up as a child. Mother provided us with all kinds of good things, including a church background. When when I was about 10 years old, all of a sudden I had a huge flare of eczema. I was born with eczema. And it was a huge open wound on my right ankle. Now, I knew the stories of Jesus. I knew that Jesus touched the leper. I knew the leper was healed. I know Jesus spoke to blind Bartimaeus, and blind Bartimaeus received his sight. I knew the stories of the healings that Jesus ministered to people. But as this infection grew, a line began to go up from the infection, my mother, bless her heart, called the doctor. And the doctor said, Jean, you need to bring Linda in to the emergency room right away. I believe she has blood poisoning. But before my mother called the doctor, my mother called the pastor. And the pastor came with a bottle of oil in his hand And he knelt beside the bed of that 10-year-old child. And he said, Father, your word says, if there are any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church, and they will anoint with oil, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise them up. And... Brother Heron laid his hand on that nasty old eczema, that nasty, weeping, painful, sore eczema, and that line of infection that was going up my leg. And as he laid his hand there, I watched as he stood up, and that line of infection disappeared. It was completely gone. The next morning, I woke up, and the skin was no longer inflamed, no longer infected. I am standing here today and can tell you that that eczema never touched my ankle again. I have a small white scar. That's my only remembrance of that incident. I believe that God is our healer as well as our Savior. I needed that experience because 23 years later, when my oldest was six years old, my middle child was three, and Barry was 15 months, I woke up one morning after a vacation Bible school and a church picnic, and I thought that I had the flu because I had a headache. I was kind of, excuse me, nauseated. I had trouble uh, holding my head up, but that's the lot in life for mothers. (laughs) And so I got up, and five days later, I ended up in the emergency room, and after a spinal tap, was diagnosed with encephalitis. I ended up in isolation. I ended up... Uh, Not being able to lift my head, not being able to think. And mother, God bless her little heart. For two months, drove 40 miles a day. One way, to be there when my children woke up. She fed my children. She comforted my children. She got my oldest off to first grade, registered her, got her all set up for school, made their breakfasts, their lunch, their dinner, For two months, Mom did that, and my father at that time was ill, but my mother came. In the hospital, I remember one Sunday morning that the doctor came in, the head neurologist, and he said to me, you have encephalitis. It's not bacterial. It's viral, but damage has been done to your brain. We can see that the lining of your brain has been impacted, and it is inflamed, I had no idea what that meant. My first question was, will I be able to go home and minister to my family, to take care of my family? And he said, no, uh, you're going to need help. And then my second question, which actually caused them to laugh was, well, will I be able to sing again? And he said to me, Ma'am, we don't even know when we're going to release you from this hospital. Why are you worried about singing? Well, to me, singing was everything. And so I thought, well, that's an odd answer. They left the room. I was by myself. I got up from the bed, which I was not supposed to do by myself at that time. I got up from the bed. I went to the washroom. I looked in the mirror, and I said, God... I have known you all my life. And they're saying one thing, but I believe you are saying something else. And from that time, scriptures began to come to me. I am the Lord that healeth thee. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, who went about doing good, healing all that were sick and oppressed, By the devil. Scriptures and songs. And oddly enough, Barry didn't know this, but one of the songs that I definitely heard in that room was Victory in Jesus. I heard about his healing, of his cleansing power revealing. There's victory in Jesus. And I finally convinced the doctors I had to go home. Barry was just toddling around the house. And I have to tell you, I don't remember much about what happened when I got home. I don't remember Cheryl coming to the house. I don't remember Mom being there, except a couple times. But what I did know was that I had suffered the effects of what seemingly was a stroke. People would talk to me, and before I could get the words out, Ron, the words disappeared. People would ask me a question, I would lose the question before I could give them the answer. And during this time, it became really frustrating because my family would try to fill in the blanks. They'd ask a question, I'd start to say something, then they would begin to talk for me. I don't blame them because I was really in no condition to talk. It was during this time that a fog... And I don't even know what medical terminology it is, but it felt like I lived in a fog. I couldn't think correctly. It just seemed like everything I wanted to say disappeared. But God was there. He was always there. And one morning, I got up, And the phone rang. And it was my pastor's wife. My pastor's wife and I were very good friends. And she called me. I worked with her on the women's ministry program. I co-taught with her. I worked with her in women's ministry. And she said, Linda, I want you to come to church this morning. We have a special missionary speaker. And I want you to come and just sit and enjoy them. And I thought, oh, No, not doing that. I don't want to be in a crowd of people where I can't even converse. I don't want... You know, I remember having a pad of paper and I was going to write thank you to someone who had been bringing us dinners. And later on, I looked down on that pad of paper and I had written were seven times. I didn't even realize it. The word was repeated seven times. When I wrote, and I thought, no, I'm not going to go and sit in that service and have people try to communicate with me. I can't even think. And she insisted. She was an insistent person. She said, yes, you are. I, I got dressed. And I can't tell you what that, speaker's, what that speaker said. I have no clue what they said. The missionary, no clue. What I do know is this, at the end of the service, I sat in a seat and Sharon said, I'd like everybody that would like to see God touch Linda this morning, come around. And as I sat in that seat, they laid their hands on me. And as they began to pray, I opened my eyes and that gray fog that had covered my mind began to. To lift I saw with my eyes that gray fog began to go away now was I totally recovered no but I could think again and I could talk again and I could converse again I was one of those people that could memorize anything if I heard a song once or twice I could memorize it. Now, when I went up to sing, I carried sheets of paper about this size with words about this size because otherwise I could not get through the song. But from that moment, he, my healer, my testimony, my healer began to minister to me. You might say to yourself this morning, well, that's good. What's that got to do with me? I get that. I get that. You'll need a healer someday because Jesus is the healer. Isn't he, Mr. Roger? He is the healer. He was wounded for my transgressions, he was bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of my peace was upon him and by his stripes. 40 stripes I was healed I am healed last night I was thinking to myself I want to tell you about my sister Cheryl (laughs) what (laughs) I thought about Chase said your testimony and that among many 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 other things is my testimony I thought about one time when we were young teenagers living in a a small basement apartment. And because I was a very groovy young lady, (laughs) I wore wooden clogs with my bell-bottom jeans. We lived across the street from a strip mall. And my uh, We were going to walk over there for our normal uh, can of our normal dinner, which was Chef Boyardee, one can. We'd split it. We had a loaf of bread. We were not rolling in dough. And I had my clogs on, and as usual, I was just chatting and talking away, talking away, talking away. And I probably looked down the street, but who knows? Because I was talking. And I stepped my foot up on the street and this arm jerked me back and jerked me back so hard that I came out of my shoes and stepped back into the grass just in time to see a car whiz by that actually, actually spun those little clogs in the street. And... Just to give you an idea of who Cheryl is, she was still holding my arm. She turned me around and looked straight at me and said, "Pay attention, Linda," <laughs> and walked across the street. And I think we did get a F.I.R.D. That's that's my sister Cheryl. Cheryl has been a lifesaver to me, and so. Many ways, and she has been my best friend all of my life. So when I said to her, one day, when I was about 39 years old, how long ago was that, Cher? <laughs> five five years Anyhow, it was about five years ago. I turned to my little sister, and I said something that startled her at the moment. Back in the old days... And honey, I mean old. Back in the old days in church, we used to have what we called mothers of Israel. Someone was a mother of Israel. And what that referenced was a woman who had lived a stable, faithful life. Someone you could count on to pray for you. Someone whose advice Was solid. And in the word. Mothers of Israel. I was about 39. And I said to my sister. Cher. That's what I'm aspiring to be. A mother of Israel. And Cher said. Okay. (laughs) Well fast forward just a few years. And it's still. My desire. Only now I'm here. And my desire. As I stand here this morning. Acknowledging that God has healed me. Acknowledging that God has redeemed my life from destruction. Acknowledging that he has reached down and touched me. My desire now. Is to be the best I can be. My desire is to finish Well, my desire is to be more of what I was, not less. My desire is not to hang my foot over the edge of the swimming pool, dangling my feet in the water. My desire is to plunge into the deep end. My desire is that people will be able to say to me, Linda, will you pray for me? And they'll be able to count on the fact that I will go before God with all of my strength and with all of my might, that I will be found faithful in everything in my life. Some of you know it isn't important. Some of you know that when Brad and Kathy opened MBCX, MCBX, Oh, Brad, for heaven's sakes, what is it? (laughs) Midwest Bible College Extreme. That I prayed and waited on God and thought about it and thought about it and thought about it. And then finally I said to Kathy and Brad, I realize I'm not the ideal student. I realize I'm 19 years old. Not 19 years old. I wish I was 19 years old. No, wait, do I? No, not really. I said, do you think that I could come and learn? And they said, sure. I thought that was a good idea. And it turned out it was a good idea. Because I love nothing more than the Word of God. And I love nothing more than learning the Word of God. And I love nothing more than be able to speak the Word of God. Because, see, my wisdom is so limited, but His, his is infinite. Amen. And in the word of God is all this infinite wisdom so that if some young girl uh, like Kimmy would say to me, Linda, would you pray over this because I really have a need and I'm not sure what to do, I can count on God to give us both wisdom. That's why I'm at Midwest Bible College Extreme. I have tremendous admiration for Cayenne. Because she is living a life, she has a family, she teaches school, and she's working towards her PhD. Right? ADD. Not quite as intense. Okay, all right. Well, whatever it is, it's intense enough for me. I, I guarantee you. I have tremendous admiration for her because when I go in and sit and listen and my little brain gets all full, I have to remember time after time, that God, you're allowing me to do this. Why is that? Because if God gave me 20 more years, I want to be 20 years better than I am today. If God gives me 15 years, I want to be 15 years better, 15 years stronger. When I came to Bent Oak a year and a half ago, I came with with a very heavy heart. And I am not even going to go into the details. But people in Bend Oak and sitting under Chase's ministry, the word preached, hope preached, faith preached, created in me something that God was able to use. And I remember when Carissa came up and said something to me, that she probably didn't think was meaningful at all. But oh my goodness, my faith was built. And I remember when Glow came up and said something to me. And I took another step and said, yes God. I had spent two years praying about something and nothing was happening. One step forward, two steps back. And then Cindy came. And said something to me. And in five months. God. Moved. In a way I had never seen before. Couldn't have been orchestrated by man. There's nothing about what happened. That man could have orchestrated. And in five months. A situation that I had prayed about. For two years. Resolved. Just like that. And it was done. Now, I'm not here to challenge you. No, I'm not. Chase challenges you week after week in a way that I have never heard before. I'm here to tell you what my challenge is. My challenge is to be a mother of Israel, Advent oak. My challenge is that God would use me in a way. That he's never used me before. My challenge. Is to pray more. To read more. To study more. To know more. When someone is sick. To pray for the sick. You do that don't you Ron. I know you do. My challenge. Is to step forward. Not backwards. My challenge is to be more. And not less. That is what I know God wants for me. So that 20 years from now, when Ashley is, oh, let's say 20 years now, Ashley. <laughs> Ashley will still be a young, beautiful girl. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. My challenge is that she will say, I remember when Linda, the mother, mother of Israel, laid her hand on my hand. And said, God is more than able, Ashley. My challenge for myself, Kathy, as we prepare to step into this realm of our life, all new to us, that God will cause us to be examples, examples of what God chooses for us to be. Well, Chase, it wasn't an hour, son.
1: <laughs> I'm so you didn't sorry. Cry. I wanted something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ron, I cried when you spoke. <laughs> oh, and Trent, I wanted to mention this to you because this—I I honestly, it, uh, when I was in the hospital with encephalitis, you reminded me of this. They didn't know. People came into my room. They had to wear things on their head, things on their feet, things on their hands. You know, they were, they had to be protected from Neil, for heaven's sakes. But they would come in the room, and this little nurse came in, and she'd only been there for uh, a couple weeks. And she had two little children. They didn't know if what I had was bacterial, which was very serious, Elaine, bacterial, but it was viral. She drew blood, and people drew blood constantly from me. Just was kind of something I think they did for entertainment. they, They came in, they drew blood, and I watched her start to throw it in that hazard, biohazard thing. And when she did, she stuck herself. And the one thing I do remember there in that hospital was that little girl's face just turned white and dropped. And I knew she was going to have to go back and tell them what she had done, and then she didn't know. She had no way of knowing what she had possibly picked up from me. But thankfully, it was viral. But I remembered what you said, and I thought about that little girl and how anxious that must have made her. Anyhow, that's my challenge. I want you to hold me to it. And I believe God is holding me to it. And I believe that Brad brought his Olympic cards This morning, Brad is my teacher. And so if if you're holding up, you know, the tens, that's good. (laughs) But if you're not, no. (laughs) Bear didn't know that one of the songs that came to me so strongly when I was in the hospital was Victory in Jesus. I heard an old, old story. How a Savior came for glory. And you know what? I'm here to tell you this morning there's victory in Jesus as your healer, as your redeemer, as your baptizer, as your comforter. That's Jesus. That's Jesus. Chase, thank you.
1: What do you say? Uh, um, I know this much for Ashley and I and many others. Uh, we would say you are like a mother to this church. I think everybody who sat here today would echo that. I've heard it over and over. Um, one of the things that's really moved me so much about what you said, but really through all of these, we've done this series, Emmanuel, God with us, heard from people's testimonies is... You would think that the big moments of people's testimonies would be these crowning moments of achievement, or you know, even this testimony would have been all about how you felt once you were healed and finally restored, but when people share, the bulk of what they share is about this process of coming to trust by faith that God is doing something um, So much of Trent's testimony was not the final moment. I actually joked with him afterwards, I said, Trent, do you realize you never told people whether you actually got AIDS from the needle or not? (laughs) And he said, I thought I probably should have put that in there. But there was something about it. It actually struck me as so powerful because it wasn't the point. The point was not the diagnosis came back clean. The point was, even when I don't know, in the middle of this process, I'm going to trust. And when I listen to my dad's testimony, what I've always found so encouraging about him was There was never a goal at the end of the career. This is what I want to strive to achieve. It was day in and day out showing up and being faithful and asking what God was doing next. And Linda, your story is so powerful to be able to say that so much of life I've just trusted. And even now, here I am still trusting. And here I am looking at the next 20 years and saying, by God's grace, I'm just going to keep trusting. I hadn't expected this, but I think the way God so often shows himself is not just in these these moments, but really in these processes of coming to see him and trust him by faith. Um, The call of the Christian is one of a pilgrim, a disciple. It's following. It's learning to love and enjoy the process of becoming like him, even though day after day we find ourselves sometimes further than we would want to be, not necessarily the life we want, but even in those difficult times, trusting believing, and waking up, and thanking him for new mercies, finding them, continuing into the next day and seeing more and more of what God is doing around us. Um, I want to do this. We're going to close in worship in a second. But um, if you would go ahead and stand. And I'm going to ask Linda if you would pray over us. But I want to do something specific. Um, I know a lot of people, I will be one of the ones to lift my hand, have physical needs. Um, You know my battle with this disease, uh, alpha-gal. And I know plenty of other people that we've prayed for So many times, I think of the living sins, I think of Glows. I think of even Ashley's had some, I know so many, Elizabeth, you know, Justice, you're back. So many of us have things that we continue to sort of wait and trust that God's doing something. So um, uh, if you would this morning, um, if you have one of those prayers physically for you, or if you want to stand and represent someone else, would you just lift a hand? Um, I know I'm one of the first ones to. um, And the people around you, if you would just lay hands on someone who has their hands lifted. And Linda, would you just lead us in a prayer? A prayer of trusting God that he's working, but even more a prayer of just uh, believing that God, he's our healer and we trust him with these. Would you pray for us?